Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. If that's the sound of breaking news, you are correct. I'm Damon Martin. He is Alexander Kaylee. And today here on MMA Fighting, we have gotten the news that there is a massive, massive seismic shift in the sports and entertainment world as the UFC and WWE are now merging under one ownership group at Endeavor, and they will be a combined company worth revenue more than $21 billion. It's a huge, massive deal. Uh, of course, everyone's been buzzing about it. You can read the article that I wrote over on MMAfighting.com and myself and uh, and Alexander Kaylee have been watching all this unfold over the last uh, few hours actually and so let's talk about this deal what does it mean for the future of the UFC what does it mean for the future of WWE what does it mean for the future of sports and entertainment AK what a day we've had already oh I thought I thought we were going to react two days later to Daniel James Mark knocking out Marcelo Gollum in the main event of Bellator 293. That's, I heard the music at the top. I was all ready to talk about how that's shaking up the Bellator heavyweight title picture. Uh, but I guess we can talk about this UFC WWE tag team. Uh, I, I guess, I, you know, it's, it's I, we're seeing a lot of questions about what does this exactly mean uh, now that Endeavor is, uh, you know, put, putting them under the same umbrella and it uh, sounds like planning to, you know, kind of unite the brands. Um, obviously, it, it, it we, we say unite the brands, we say merger, we say stuff like that. Obviously, and I hope most people know this when they read this, I don't think it's going to just become WWE hyphen UFC or the other way around uh, all at once, but the potential for crossover promotion is there. It's exciting. You, I'm sure people have seen fighters react to it. Of course, Conor McGregor immediately having uh, his guys in the Mac Life whip up a graphic with him uh, with a WWE title belt over one shoulder and uh, his uh, you know UFC titles that he's actually held over his other shoulder. Uh, and yeah, it's it's a very very cool idea. But uh, even just from a business standpoint, boy, this is fascinating. Just just the numbers that have come out, the the twenty, you know, this is now uh, it's going to be a joint company where 21, 22 billion dollars. Uh, you know, Damon, we always try to remind people of the business side of things and like, because we talk about fighter pay a lot, you know, we talk about, and listen, wrestler pay is its own thing too. And when you see the companies worth $22 billion, uh, I, I would hope that even if uh, people aren't concerned about cross motion, it's going to open their eyes to like what it means just for each promotion individually, like that number, that's, that's three times what they uh, reportedly sold for. Uh, back when they were first purchased by Endeavor. So uh, it's staggering, staggering news. And uh, the last thing we expected coming out of um, a pretty fairly busy weekend, even without a, a UFC card. Yeah, of course, this comes out on the weekend after a non-UFC event weekend and WrestleMania weekend. So it's kind of befitting. Uh, first, let me let me just say, like, in terms of, like, the larger deal, like, this makes a lot of sense for both companies because if you really think about it and – People that have followed UFC or mixed martial arts have heard me say this and you say this and other people have said this and everyone's like, I hate when you talk about that. But the reality <laughs> is 
the UFC and WWE have always had a very similar business model. Like in terms of the way they run their business, in terms of the way they pay their athletes, in terms of the way promotion and obviously you have a pair of bombastic guys at the top with Dana White and Vince McMahon. I mean, those two are, I mean, cut from the same cloth almost feels unfair with how much they share in common. So, I mean, putting these two together was in a way like a stroke of genius for Ari Emanuel and Endeavor because they had already built up the UFC, as you mentioned, bought it for $4.02 billion. Now it's worth over $12.1 billion, which is an astronomical increase in just under seven years. Um, you know, you know, WWE, I think, is valued at right around $9.1 billion, $9 billion or $9.2 billion, somewhere around there. Um, but yeah, so I mean, first and foremost, it makes a lot of sense when you think about the business models, because as much as people like to, uh, you know, UFC is not WWE, it is. It always has been, whether you like it or not. UFC has been more closely related to WWE than any other professional sports organization out there. When you talk about the way the UFC has been run uh, and the way the UFC has been promoted, they share far more similarities with WWE than they ever did with NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, uh, and that's not even getting into like the whole like um, that's not even getting to like unions and, and and things like that. I'm not even getting. I'm not even touching that part of it. I'm just saying like in the way they run their businesses, Vince and Dana are again kind of mirror images of each other in a lot of ways. So this makes sense on that regard. Real quick, I do want to say though. The funny thing about this whole deal is immediately everyone starts flipping out and talking about like the crossover stuff, which is kind of hilarious to me because like Connor, I, Connor has some fun with everyone's going to have fun with. It. I know Terrence, Terrence McKinney put out a thing like who's the first one going through a table. Of course, everyone's going to have fun with it. But let's be honest here outside of, I think, like promotion, like I think when we go to like UFC 287 is this weekend they may advertise for WWE backlash, which is their next major event. We may see that. And tonight on Monday night raw or SmackDown later this week, may, we may see them promote UFC 287 because that is this weekend, but to get it out of your heads right now that you're going to start seeing crossover in terms of the entertainment part of it. I, I think like you might see WWE guys show up, sit front row at UFC 287 and they'll be there to do interviews. They might do some backstage interviews and things like that just to kind of build the star power and build the, 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 the synergy between the two companies. And same thing. You might, you know, Daniel Cormier, huge part of the UFC. We know he loves wrestling. There's a good chance you may see him show up in a WWE thing again. He was already over there refereeing once upon a time. Um, we may see him show up and sit front row. We may even see him get involved in like some sort of angle. But the reality is you're not going to see Conor McGregor show up on UFC programming on Saturday and then show up at Raw like it's some kind of like pre-programmed like inter it's just that's not going to happen. They're never going to blur those lines uh where you know we're going <laughs> to we're going to start suddenly seeing crossover where like the next CM Punk is going to come over and fight in UFC. That's not going to happen. I just I, I want to put that out of people's minds right now cuz it's fun to talk about, but it's come on. We all know that that's not they're not going to do that because that would that that goes against the idea of this deal of these two companies coming together and wanting to make a boatload of money. Damn it, don't spoil people's <laughs> dreams. Don't spoil fantasy booking. I, I, we have a little bit of fantasy booking, you know, when it comes to like making matches in, in the UFC and in MMA, but like fantasy booking is such an enormous part of pro wrestling culture. So please do not ruin this. There's like a million think pieces out there being written about, about you know, oh my gosh, could Roman Reigns fight John Jones? <laughs> Could Conor McGregor fight, I don't know, uh, Edge or something? Like, and that's cool. Listen, let people have their fun. Uh, and I don't want to say it'll never happen, but 
Uh, yeah, the, the the crossover here really, the crossover appeal is really like really cornering that that coveted eighteen to thirty four demographic. I think I think that's something people need to keep in mind because you, you were right, Dan. You were talking about how uh, the similarities of, as far as how the business is run and things like that. But uh, as much as some MMA fans bristle at pro wrestling and some pro wrestling fans bristle at MMA, people have to realize those are extremes. Like those are extreme opinions. Some there's like huge, 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 huge. I would say the majority chunk in the middle. That has a passing interest in both. Um, listen, there's there's an older audience that's never going to get into MMA. Uh, there's uh, and and kids as well. Kids, you know, you, there's a certain age you probably don't watch want them watching MMA. Why pro wrestling is more acceptable, I'm not entirely sure. But again, that seems to be the public consensus that it's okay for kids to watch uh, pro wrestling and not MMA because it's because it's scripted because it's fake. But I think it's just as it can be just as sort of uh, violent at times. But um, but that that little middle graphic 18 to 34, you guys, uh, uh, MMA fans might want to get used to this because I don't know if they they pay attention to it. But it's a big thing in pro wrestling, um, hitting that demographic, not just the overall rating, but hitting the 18 to 34. Because uh, uh, MMA had a uh, UFC specifically had a big problem with that for a while, I would say before kind of Conor McGregor came along there was the audience was getting a little bit older there's kind of an old school audience I remember there's time like a lot of people in their like younger people didn't really follow MMA hardcore I'm feeling Sam crazy but really before then McGregor came and there's this huge wave of I mean uh, of, of younger fans coming and now you have Sean O'Malley and people like that leading the charge so uh if, if WWE and UFC can get on the same page of that and and help each other maybe maybe uh WWE can help UFC appeal to again that sort of older traditional fight crowd like that older boxing crowd uh and uh, and and again younger fans find a way to bring in younger fans somehow again I, I'm not, I don't know if that's a wise idea but if you can if you can somehow get uh, uh kids to uh, start getting to MMA, I'm sure that's what that, they would love that and vice versa uh maybe uh, UFC can bring a little more edge to the WWE product and and uh, hone in on again this this sort of coveted audience so it's going to be fascinating cuz there is crossover already and I wonder if they can expand it more or if it's just going to it's it, they're just kind of stuck on um you know focusing what they already have but I'm sure the plan is is always expansion well, I think a big part of it, too, is because, as I said, the two companies already do a lot of things similarly. You know, they mm -hmm. both, you know, WWE, one thing you give them credit for, like WWE, like really attached themselves to the Internet and streaming. You know, they were really big into that. Obviously, we know that's huge with the UFC now with ESPN Plus and things like that. So that was a big deal. And they both have huge presence on social media. They both tackled that, you know, way ahead of time. I think they were UFC and WWE both saw the writing on the wall that social media was going to be a huge part of their, you know, separate businesses. And they both have a massive presence on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all those kind of things. Um, those are again, these are similarities. These companies have both done this. Um, you know, Dana has talked about it, Vince McMahon has talked about it. You know, credit, like I said, Vince McMahon has a lot of things we can talk about he's done wrong, but in terms terms of what he's done right getting out in front of things like digital media and and, and internet and social media these are all things that he's done and, and dana also did so working together i think that that this is the behind the scenes stuff that doesn't sound that interesting but that's where they're really going to work together and probably become even bigger because they're going to expand that relationship and help each other in that regard i don't think as again i don't think we're going to see the big, you know, the big crossover TV events that everyone thinks they're going to see. I think what we're going to see is, you know, what UFC does well on social media, they'll help to integrate the WWE. What WWE does well on production, maybe they have a production like schedule or production, um, you know, the way they produce live events, they'll help UFC do that a little bit better. Little things like that. That's what they're going to do. But ultimately, you got to remember, ever since Endeavor bought 
the UFC, they've been in a what's it called a shared sports properties with Endeavor. There's also the PBR, the professional bull riders. When that deal got done, we didn't suddenly see Conor McGregor riding to the octagon on a bull. Okay, that didn't happen. So if only, but, if only. But, but Endeavor's live events programming and things that they do with that in terms of the growth, that's what we're going to see. That's where they're going to work together and get better. You know, what I think production, like the one thing I don't, I don't I have no clue. I have no inside knowledge of this is actually going to happen, but we always joke about like how the UFC has kind of become the unfun championship. Like it's not nearly, they kind of taken the personality away from the fighters and with uniforms and all the walkouts look the same. And you know, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of just like, you know, one event looks exactly like the next event and very rarely does it feel special unless it's just a big fight. Uh, like we have coming up with Adesanya Pereira, where the fight itself feels big, but the the rest of it kind of feels the same as always. I really hope that that's one aspect they do because there's one thing the WWE does really well. It's the 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 pageantry surrounding their events. Now I'm not saying they're going to suddenly have you know uh, you know Adesanya is going to walk out wearing one of Ric Flair's robes, although he did dress as the Undertaker once upon a time. Uh, but I don't think we're going to see that. But I think what we could see is. You know, why does that appeal to people? And they'll have that conversation now. Like, why does it appeal to people to have these grand entrances to give people more personality and more say over little things like that? Would Could that happen? Yeah, that's a possibility. Um, so I think those little things are going to be good. And I think the biggest, the, the, the elephant in the room, AK, that we haven't really talked about, and this is the big one. I think this ultimately is what led to the deal being done with Endeavor. WWE has a television rights deal coming up next year, I believe. The UFC's comes up in two years from ESPN. Both are going to have gargantuan media rights deals. I mean, you could talk about the changing landscape of TV, and it is, but ultimately, Monday Night Raw and SmackDown are two still very profitable, very high-rated programs. Then you got the UFC with, you know, every basically every Saturday night, there's a UFC card of some kind. And then obviously once a month you get a pay-per-view, which is always huge business uh, in some, obviously not all of them, but in some form or fashion, big pay-per-view business. I don't, we've already heard from Nick Khan, the CEO or the president of WWE, that they're not going to package UFC and WWE together for linear rights. What that means is, you know, ESPN, ABC, Fox, ESPN, like regular television, but he said they could potentially package them together for a streaming deal, which the streaming deal is maybe Amazon jumps in and says, hey, Jeff Bezos says, hey, I've got all the money in the world. I want to get WWE and UFC on my on my network, Amazon Prime Video. Or uh, Tim Cook comes over and says, Apple wants to get in business. We want both. And they'll make some huge mega deal for that. That is where this money is. That's ultimately, AKB, on anything else, yes, the long term, this is going to be a money thing. I mean, obviously, that's why they're doing this to make money. But the television rights deals coming up for both companies in the next two years guarantee you that is 100% what sold them on buying WWE right now because Endeavor was already negotiating the television rights for WWE. They were already the agent, so to speak, for WWE. So they know what the marketplace is. They understand what people are willing to pay for live sporting events or live events in general. There's no way they didn't get some sense of somebody shelling out billions upon billions of dollars to get those rights in 2024, 2025 that didn't get them to say, you know what? We're going to make our money back in like two seconds here. We're going to make our money back and, and start just just printing money. And then the UFC comes up right after that. Oh, my God. This, I mean, that that is the deal. 
AK, that is the deal. That is why this deal happened, because they knew the television rights deals were coming up, and they were looking at the dollar signs and looking at the zeros that were going to be added to everybody's bank accounts. Yeah, it, listen, uh, first-run content is has always just been insanely valuable, uh, which is why live sports has always done well, even as, uh, you know, as ratings have dropped for like, you know, conventional sort of TV programming, live sports is always going to do well. And that's, that's why Monday Night Raw, they always say the longest running, uh, you know, original program or whatever for however many years. Um, you mentioned SmackDown and w, uh, UFC now has his fight nights. I'm trying to imagine, and then, and then the pay-per-views, all of this being like under... One one on one streaming service, one streaming so- service having sort of a one one stop shop appeal for uh, for all your combat sports needs. It'd, it'd be insane. It'd be it'd be a hell of a blow to strike uh, in the streaming wars. I I, I don't know. It, it would cost. It's going to cost a pretty penny though, as you said, Dan, because obviously uh, Endeavor is going to shop these properties around, hoping to bundle them together and just get a massive get a massive uh, payday for it. And I, I wonder what streaming service is going to be able to sort of take the take the financial risk on that. Because again, you, they always need content. If it's if it's if it's something producing again original first run content, fifty two weeks uh, a year for uh, in perpetuity, it's 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 pretty great. It's pretty great because again, a lot of uh, streaming services have done you know they carry live sports, but mo- you know every live sport has an off season except for professional wrestling. And the UFC, they're they're nonstop. There is no off season. You are literally paying for fifty two weeks of content a year. So uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty crazy to see uh, who gets it. If it does end up being in one place, we could still see these see these properties end up getting split. It could be UFC, you know, stream somewhere else, WWE stream somewhere else. But I think you're right. I think the goal is let's get it all in one platform. Let's get that get that money in there. And, and you got to remember, yeah. you got to remember, and just to throw this out there, when mm-hmm. Amazon did their Thursday night football deal with the NFL, that was over a billion dollars for mm-hmm. one game. Now, yes, the NFL ratings are astronomical compared to everything else. They are the king. That's why the NFL gets the money. But they paid a billion dollars for one game. <laughs> Over 16 weeks, basically. And, and it's a Thursday game. It's, it's like the, <laughs> the least appealing of the of the NFL docket. Yeah, it's the game. game. <laughs> it's the game. It's the game. The players seem to hate the most because it's such a short turnaround. Fight playing on Sunday and playing again on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, they paid over a billion dollars for that. Okay. Now I'm not saying that you know UFC and WWE are going to get billion dollar deals, but that just gives you like a few years ago, everyone said the bubble had popped on 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 live sports deals because so many streamers were getting into the space. And if you notice, like television ratings, when you look at ratings nowadays, and again, this is getting really into like the weeds and like the you know the really inside baseball stuff. But ratings today, like what is a, the number one programming on TV? Like Yellowstone is the biggest television show on cable the ratings of that compared to even the walking dead when it was huge like 10 years ago are huge they're different it's like half because like a, so much a, because a, there's a, rerun, so, yeah. a rerun a rerun of friends from like 15 years ago has like an insane rating compared oh, to like yeah. <laughs> yeah so like people so have different. to change their expectations first off because that's different right but everyone thought oh well streaming's coming along amazon and apple all these places are coming along it's going to kill cable and there's not going to be linear television no People that ultimately the one thing that is bulletproof when it comes to money and broadcast deals are live events. That's what people will still pay for because you that's not something you can tune in, go on Netflix and binge watch on a Friday night. You want to know what happens as it happens. You don't want to be the guy or the girl who 
hears about Conor McGregor coming back and knocking out some opponent. You want to watch it as it happens. That's what live sports does. That's just just like the Super Bowl or any other yeah, NBA, anything, you, any sports-related content, live content, you want to be there as it happens. And so, yeah, I don't know if they're going to package it together. I can't imagine. I, come on. I have to imagine they're going to try, though, because the money they could get out of somebody. And again, I'm looking specifically at Amazon as a big player in this because they have all the money in the world. And Apple is another, because Apple has not, you know, Apple did a deal with, uh, I believe it was MLS, and they paid a pretty good, penny, pretty premium penny for MLS, which gets a fraction of the ratings of WWE and UFC. Mm. They paid a pretty hefty penny, millions of dollars for that. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Tim Cook, who has more money than God, you know, on hand, like in terms of cash on hand, Apple has just boatloads of money. Did they just throw up just a bucket of money at, at, at Ari Emanuel and said, we want all of it. We want everything on Apple TV. And that's what they plant their flag in because they didn't get you. They didn't get NFL. There's rumors they might make a play for NBA because NBA rights are coming up right now. Um, they're not, you know, Major League Baseball, sorry to say, that's a much older skewing demographic. So that's not nearly as, as a much interest. And hockey, kind of the same thing where people just aren't willing to pay as much for that. But if you can get... The 18 to 34 and 18 to 49 year old demographic, you can get UFC with a show basically every weekend or at worst every other weekend. And you can get WWE with two programs per week. Now, again, I don't know how much this is going to play into the, um, you know, striking a deal with ESPN versus ABC, NBC, Fox, those kind of things. But if you're Tim Cook and Apple and you've got, you know, a hundred billion dollars on hand or whatever ridiculous amount of money they have laying around, uh, you're not going to throw you know, a couple billion dollars to get these two together on your network and, and suddenly Apple TV becomes a destination that every UFC fan or every WWE fan suddenly has to have. Uh, and you charge a premium price right now. Apple TV, I think is like five ninety nine a month. Imagine we could charge fifteen ninety nine a month and what UFC or WWE fans not going to pay that they will. We know they will. Damon, we're talking about money a lot, which I think means we have to touch upon one really a kind of sad part of this is that you, you've seen a lot of the fighters kind of go like, and, and Jake Paul going like, I wonder what effect this will have on <laughs> fighter pay guys. I, 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 listen, what effect did Endeavor uh, uh, purchasing UFC back, you know, years ago have on fighter pay? Not much, not much. It probably went up a little bit, it probably, but it's, that's like unrelated. That's probably more related to inflation than, uh, than them like saying, oh, well, now the company sold for this much money. We can afford to pay the fighters more. It it that is never that is not how combat sports works. It's never how it's worked. Even even in anything, listen, it's it's not just MMA. Most combat sports athletes are uh, are, are underpaid. I'm talking about boxing too, and I'm talking about pro wrestling a bit too as well. Though I would say most WWE pro wrestlers are probably pretty well compensated, even down to like the NXT level. They're not like millionaires, but they're doing okay compared to I would say again your entry level fighter to a UFC or Bellator or something like that. So, uh, but yeah, uh, people, a lot of people, uh, fighters, kind of thinking like, oh. I think it was uh, Mike Davis, I think tweeted out like, what is, is are we going to make more money? And it's like, no. oh, sweet summer child, Mike Davis, great <laughs> fighter. But uh, I I can't imagine how, because again, we're talking about the, the valuation, $21 billion. That valuation does not come from the UFC, you know, uh, uh, or uh, telling people, telling the, telling investors, oh yeah, by the way, uh, fighter <laughs> pay is probably going to go up like 10, 15, 20% in the next five years. No. No, that's not how you get an evaluation like that, guys. You 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 are you are telling investors what they want to hear and what will probably be true, which in this case is 
Barter pay will go up a modest amount again, probably would have gone up with or without this sale, uh, but not in any substantial way and not in any way that's going to hurt the UFC's bottom line. And worst of all, not in any way that's probably going to impact in a positive way uh, the majority of these fighters' lives. So I'm I'm supposed to be the prince of positivity, Damon, but we have to be realistic because <laughs> this is something people are discussing a lot. And like I honestly just can't imagine fighter pay taking a huge jump, um, especially again, a, 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 you know, lower lower tier fighters. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you got. Let's just like I me. Mean, let's just close the door on that right now because the reality is, you know, there's. Listen, the UFC was purchased for four point oh two billion dollars in twenty sixteen. It is now worth twelve point one billion dollars less than seven years later. That didn't. So that's basically that's basically three times as much. That's tripled in value in, in in less than seven years. Has fighter pay tripled in the last seven years? No. Why is that? Because. When we hear about, and I've done tons of reports on it, you can look on MMAfighting.com, great website. Uh, it's a still dead Jed Mishu's line. Uh, you can go and look at any of the revenue reports I've done on MMA fighting and see when they talk about record revenue, record revenue over and over and over again these last couple of years, since even during the pandemic, they were making huge sums of money because the UFC came back when other organizations weren't. They've made huge revenue. Now, they're touting this revenue and profits and sponsorships and all these different things. Not to say fighter pay hasn't gone up. It has, but not dramatically. The fighters aren't suddenly earning 50% of the revenue where they were earning 18%, which is about what they are now. They didn't, they didn't do that. Why did they not do that? Because their revenue is so high. That's how they keep their revenue high. They're not going to suddenly start paying people double. And then they're, they're, they're in, then the entire profit margin gets slashed in half. no, that I mean, again, will there be a time because these companies merge and they start making a lot more money, especially with the next broadcast deal? The fighters might you might see the the minimum increase from ten thousand and ten thousand to twelve thousand and twelve thousand, or maybe thirteen thousand and thirteen thousand. You might see they're willing to shell out more money to keep a John Jones or to keep a Conor McGregor or to keep you know the stars Israel Adesanya or whoever they might shell out and say hey we're going to give you a 3% uh revenue on pay-per-view buys versus the 2.5% you currently make now will they do that sure but they're not going to suddenly say you know what I'm I'm using I'm sorry like you said Mike Davis I'm sorry Mike Davis I don't know what you make let's just say hypothetically he makes 15 and 15 15,000 to fight 15,000 when I'm just making that number up they're not going to suddenly say we merged with WWE we are now 21 point some billion dollar company Mike Davis you're a good dude, man. We're going to increase your contract double. You're not going to make 30. And no, they're not. That's not how the, you have to understand when you're in business, they're in business to make money. They're not going to suddenly just, you know, if the fighters are willing to fight for 30 and 30 or 15 and 15, they're not going to suddenly say, you know what, man, we really like you. We merged this company. We're going to pay you double. No, that's not how this works. It works because they merged because they know there's a bunch of money to be made and that's not by doubling everyone's pay just because they're a bigger company now. Yeah, listen, obligatory fighters, uh, if, if any fighters are out there that is any chance they listen to us, form a union or form some sort of pack, guys, get behind some sort of movement towards benefiting your fighter pay because it, it will never look at every major sports league that's also worth billions. Look at Major League Baseball, NFL, look at all these leagues. They have player unions, guys. They have player unions. I'm not saying that MMA as a whole has to form a traditional players union. Uh, it, and again, it doesn't help that, of course, they, they they fight under different umbrellas. I'm not saying you have to go boxing and, and, and you know, fight for the Ali Act, but there has to be some sort of change. There has to be some sort of way to make things more equitable 
for the fighters because we just keep seeing these astronomical, insane numbers every few years when deals like this happen. And and none of it is trickling down to the fighters. And it is so frustrating and so sad to watch because the, these are the people who who build these companies, right? So and, and uh, Kay, you uh you 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 follow pro wrestling uh, probably yeah. a little bit more than I do. I, I like pro wrestling, been around pro wrestling, used to be a pro mm-hmm. wrestler. That's a little inside knowledge about me. Uh yeah. is there a, is there a union for professional wrestlers? There is not. There is no union. <laughs> uh if anything, uh, uh W the pro wrestling WWE is sort of invented the whole independent contractor, not invented yeah. independent contracting, but the way to uh sort of make uh to abuse for lack of a better term, to abuse that uh that arrangement in in sports entertainment and there's a reason that ufc also refers to their uh fighters as independent contractors and and has also has them under sort of similar restrictions while kind of like dancing around the fact that these are employees who they make wear uniforms and have to do all kinds of obligatory things uh or or they don't or they don't get paid or they get they get released uh WWE does the same thing so uh yeah i mean they're very similar in that sense as well so uh, it's 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 frustrating to see but um i think we kind of said at the top like almost unsurprising as as like a momentous as this news is you kind of saw it your eyes probably bugged out for a second and then you very quickly did like some math in your head and you're like i mean this is a match made in heaven or hell depending (laughs) how you look at it well Uh, but and last thing i'll close on this during the investor relations call and i posted a graphic earlier today and there's another one i guess i could post that later where they were talking to their investors, Endeavor was talking to their investors about why this is such a good deal. And one of the graphics they put up, it was kind of hilarious. It was talking about the benefit of UFC and WWE. And one of the, one of the big, one of the big selling points was, is there's no, there's no separate team, team ownership or any, or, you know, and, and they control everything. Like that's literally a graphic they made that unlike NFL or MLB or, or whatever they, cause they don't control everything. Ultimately, you mm-hmm. know, Roger Goodell in the NFL has a certain level of power. Dave was a David silver in, in NBA. He has a certain level of power as the commissioner, but he doesn't rule. He can't tell everybody what to do. Guess what? They can endeavor can. Now they can tell what's going to happen in UFC and WWE. They can deal with all this ind- independently of anyone oversight. And there's a reason why with endeavor having, you know, whatever, $20 billion to throw around, they didn't buy the, uh, the, the Phoenix suns when that was up for sale, they didn't <laughs> buy the Washington commanders because then they would have to deal with all that bureaucracy. Then they would have to deal with being one of 32 teams and not with WWE and UFC. They own everything. They control everything. There is no outside voice. That's going to say, you know what? You shouldn't do this. No, they, I mean, w- listen, Vince McMahon just settled a $14.6 million payout for all the misconduct he had in WWE. We know the controversy with Dana White earlier this year on New Year's Eve with his wife's video that went viral that nothing really happened. Why? You know, and I, I'm not going to rehash all that we talked about, but the reality is, is again, if this was a if this was a different company, if this was NFL or NBA, they would. I, I don't know. They lose their. I mean, they'd probably lose their jobs. But like, there would be a Definitely. lot more. If if Roger Goodell got caught on video slapping his wife, he would not be the He's commissioner. Out. He would not be. He would He's be out. gone. The vote. Yeah. The, the owners would bump him tomorrow. They don't have that problem in in UFC and WWE. The only person that that can overrule Vince and or Dana is Ari Emanuel, and clearly he's not going to do that. So this is this is this is literally the perfect marriage between two shockingly similar con- co- uh, companies. You mentioned the the independent contract. I mean, literally, they are they are the same business. Just one does MMA and one does pro wrestling. 
Yeah, and guess what? For for every one fan that's like, oh, I hate, I hate pro wrestling. I'm not, I'm, I'm out. Or vice versa, I hate MMA. I'm out. There's a hundred, probably a thousand others that are just looking at this news like, oh, cool, two, 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 two things I like uh, uh, emerging together. Not, not caring about, you know, again, some of the the far, far reaching implications. And I'm not saying everyone has to. I'm, I'm not saying everyone has to. Listen, this, there's people who go about their day and don't care about the deeper uh, issues that are involved in merge like this, and and that's fine. That's that's their lives. But there's I'm saying that's the majority. So for people concerned about this merger and what it means for your fandom, uh, I hope you can stick through it. I hope uh, we get a lot of best case scenario, like like I said, kind of fun stuff. Maybe it's just some light crossover stuff, some good promotion promoting each other. Uh, but I know there's a lot of people who are worried, and um, if they're if they're on their way out, I I don't know if uh, what I can say to sort of convince them to to not panic and come back. But again, to uh, to endeavor to the UFC to WWE, it doesn't matter because for the most part, this is going to sustain the casual audience they have and probably even grow the casual audience they have. So that's what they yeah. want. I'm waiting to see who, who's the first fighter to bust out the people's eyebrow. That's all I'm really curious about at this point. Feel, has no one done that yet? Jordan Levitt, I feel like it's just. <laughs> Jordan Levitt is is going to jump on this WWE thing, I think, handily. I think he's going to be yeah. doing some gimmicky stuff. So uh, it, he won't be, be the only one. Uh, why not? Have fun. and again, remember, have fun with it. Like I said, the people who are some people who complain for years, it's not like WWE. Yes, it is, and now you're seeing why. Yep. Uh, all right, folks, uh, we appreciate you tuning in to our little quick reaction here to the big news that the UFC and WWE are going to be merged under a new company. They said they will have a new company name in the very near future. They're expecting to start trading on the stock market in the next four to six months once they get through all the government uh, red tape and everything. So we will have a whole new company, a whole new company name. They're going to trade under the symbol. TKO, which is rather interesting. Uh, and we'll, ha- we'll have a new official company name, uh, relatively soon, but they'll be trading on the stock market together. The UFC and WWE merged company, uh, sometime in the next four to six months. We'll be curious to see, uh, the stock prices and uh, a little bit more inside info now that they're going to be a, a even more publicly traded company as one together. So that'll be very interesting as well. Uh, appreciate everyone tuning in because stay locked to uh, MMA fighting for the latest on this news and everything else going on leading into 287 this weekend for Alexander. Kay Lee, I'm Damon Martin. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you soon.